1: Welcome to another episode of The Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and you, Matt Kelly, Matt Kelly, the editor of The New European, as we edge ever closer um, to leaving the European Union, or possibly not, <laughs> with a new Prime Minister, yeah. and a new cabinet, yeah. um, and a new set of rules, and a new set, box of kippers, maybe, yeah, we've possibly? Cra- we've cracked it now, I think we? so, yeah. 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 Feeling very Sorted. optimistic. Sorted. Absolutely fine. You Roll know, this on to 31st. I said uh, this week is going to be the biggest week in politics since the referendum since yeah. your lot lost yeah. and uh, the leavers won yeah. so because we now we now know who's in charge of the clattering train well i think and it's boris
0: johnson know, I, I think if you if you think it's been entertaining so far i yeah. think just wait until the next 3 months brings us it's going to be absolute pandemonium
1: somebody did over the weekend um ask me who's not a journalist he said can you describe boris johnson in one sentence i just need and one i word. said well first <laughs> i just said boris right <laughs> which was not the word you were thinking <laughs> yeah. of. Um, And the other sentence I came up with was, "It'll be great fun." Yeah, which of course it will for people like you and I. For you
0: and I, but it won't be great fun for the. 200,000 odd people are going to lose their jobs well, according I we, to the now,
1: Office think, of Budget Responsibility. Yeah, the Office of Budget Irresponsibility, as you've oh. renamed that. I mean, these are people who've got everything wrong, basing it all on um, projections from an organisation that got it wrong before, mm-hmm. basing everything that they say on a sort of crystal... Or you might as well look into a crystal ball yes. and go, this is all going horrible. Well, I do wrong.
0: agree, nobody knows. But, well, I but mean, equally, you can't just completely disregard an office that is studying it, you know, and very forensically... Well, I wish I could agree with
1: you, but actually you can, because unfortunately um, these are people who are clearly not on the side of neutrality because hardly anybody is in this game. And that's why those people who are on the side of neutrality are very, very hard to find. When I was watching an edition of The Pledge, an old edition of The Pledge from earlier in the week, yeah. where poor old Michelle Dewberry is getting taken to task by Rachel Johnson and another horrible woman, <laughs> saying that, you know, the reason they can't find any decent pundits to talk about Brexit, basically, is because there is nothing to explain because it's, you're all, one, so stupid, and two, the plan is idiotic. <laughs> And Michelle Jubrich So stupid. But the Brexiteers. Yeah. Well, this is what Rachel Johnson's This is Rachel Johnson's view, which <laughs> is pretty good coming from her, to be honest. Right. You know, I've worked with Rachel Johnson. Me too. And I mean, you she know, she's got a very again, short yeah. attention yeah, span, she... is what I can tell you about her. Right. Um but anyway, I quite like Rachel Johnson, but you know, she was very dismissive and very typical i think of a mm. lot of the people on the remain side of the argument yeah. who try to make out that everyone who voted to leave is some kind of mad racist so she's nothing like a brother then nothing of short at all
0: attention span dismissive like no, no grasp of well she told
1: me an amazing story right about when she and her, so- her brother were young and this has been uh, catalogued in all sorts of now you know it is miniature psychological pieces about boris johnson and why he's the way he is and why he wants to be king of the world and all this about how their philandering father went to live in Brussels, you know, much to the chagrin of his of his then wife. And both Rachel and Boris were sent to prep school in England. And she said they basically used to get dropped at the railway station in, in Belgium and come on the train to England on their own, come on the ferry on their own, get off at Victoria Station, right, where they had to get another train down to somewhere in Kent, Good which job. I think is where they went, right? Yeah. And this is prep school. They're not very yeah. old, right? Yeah. And they used to go to some dodgy cinema in Victoria, she told me, to watch a movie which was no doubt... And you can imagine the old uh, Dirty Mac yeah, Brigade oh in a sort of God. you know, sort of weekday afternoon in Victoria yeah. in those days. Yeah. Um, watch a film and then get back to Victoria Station, jump on the train to sort of some part of leafy Kent and board uh, there until it was time to go back home for the holidays. Bloody hell. And this which, is all at the behest of Stanley, yeah. the
0: hero Johnson, yeah, now yeah.
1: portrayed as this sort of great
0: avuncular character avuncular
1: character well i mean you can't really go inside of a family and, and pick holes in it without knowing precisely what went on yeah. i mean i don't know why he was a philanderer yeah. maybe his ex-wife or his then wife was crazy i just don't know yeah. but the point is is that it's difficult to judge somebody but what i would say is that any any man who has been formed by that kind of behavior as a child he's been so self-sufficient as a child and this goes along with all the stuff they say about him you know being sort of bullied at school because he wasn't like the others, and his parents lived in Brussels and all of that, you know, yeah, it makes you into something, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And there are, there, it is a truth that I think, you know, I'm quite. In,
0: when stuff goes wrong in my life, like, mm. I worry about it, yeah. and I can't do this. You thing. are a bit of a worrier. I am a bit yeah. of a worrier, aren't I? You yeah, know? and I al- I've, I've always been like that. Yeah. and I can't, comp- can't You can't change sort of, that. Compartmentalize it. That's right. what they say. The yeah. skill is, isn't it? Just yeah. Put it in a Whereas box. I'm very good at that. You're great yeah. at it. Uh, I know. Like peers, for instance, yeah. is great at it. He's and, good at it. You know, peers has been through all these travails yeah. through the course of his career. And seems blithely unaffected yeah. by it. It's, I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's not. So I once said, mm. I hope this isn't going too intrusively, but I once well, said to, he, late now. to the first Mrs. Piers, mm. Um during one of his troubles, I think it was over the city slickers thing. Or yeah, yeah. And, I, and I said to her rather blithely, well, Pierce seems to be coping all right. Yeah. And she said, yeah, but you know, you're not there in the middle of the night when he's tearing his hair out you right. know, and, he's, and he's panicking, yeah. you know. So I'm sure it gets everybody, but that
1: ability to yeah. to just say,
0: okay, it is what it is. I'm yeah. going to plough on. I, right. I'd kill for
1: it. Yeah. You know? And also, let's face it, the job that Boris Johnson is taking on, the the prime ministerial, you know, um, sort of red box, if you like, is a massive job, and you can't really be anybody normal to do it properly. Yeah. And I think the problem, one of the problems Theresa May had, was that she tried to be a sort of normal individual taking on this role. And you can't be a normal individual. I think the more kind of outwardly, um, not buffoonish exactly, but the more outwardly kind of uh, shell-like you are, the more that you hide from people, the better a politician you can be. Yes. Because in the end... I mean, look at all these politicians that are resigning all around the place, right? Talk, talking about matters of principle. Well, then you read the letter and it's nothing to do with principle. It's all about them. Totally. You know, they are total and utter narcissists, all of them, yeah. right? And the reason they're in the business is because they're narcissists. Yes, some of them may have started out wanting to do good. And some politicians do do good, you know, and I'm not one of those that blankets them all with, with you know, manure and says, no, they're all ghastly. These are people who are in the, 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 the business they are in for a reason. They're attracted to it for the same reason that you and I were attracted to being journalists because being a journalist gives you the opportunity, for me anyway. Yeah. To absolutely poke holes in all members of of the the ruling class and all parts of authority, people who need to be held to account. I mean, that was what attracted me to it. And I happen to have that kind of personality that I like to stick two fingers up to people. And journalism enables me to do that. To do that, which is very gratifying. And I
0: think there is this conundrum about politicians, which is... As you say, by definition, they come with an ego. Yeah. And it's very hard, especially when they get into the limelight a little bit. You see them becoming a different animal. And the minute ambition really enters its Mm. gate, the fray, and you can see them smelling Mm. the big big game. And I'm sure
1: it's very seductive for them because that's what they
0: want. What Jeremy Hunt's
1: done, really, I think,
0: you know, people say, you know, he 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 performed very well in the hustings and yeah. all of this business, and he did. But to me, he cl- he moved the most. Yeah. you know, during that process, yeah. which is why I think Boris, you know, prevails. What you mean? He moved in he a bad moved, way. Yeah, yeah. He moved towards Boris because it was like this contest of being who could be tougher yeah. about on on Brexit. And Boris was... You know, you couldn't be more macho no. about Brexit than Boris. No. So Jeremy Hunt upped his machos. Yeah, And that's what terrifies me in politics is when you get this kind of macho competitiveness right. about who can be the most sort of send the clearest, most extreme yeah. message to yeah. the, to the uh, voters. And
1: I think after a while they forget who it is that they're sending the message to. Yeah. I mean, a lot's been made of the whole Kipper thing, right? Yeah. And I was listening to a debate about it over the weekend and... There were those on the left who were absolutely appalled by the fact that Boris Johnson would tell lies. You know, there were those who were kind of in the middle going, well, is it really a lie? Is it not just a politician kind of using uh, hyperbole? He didn't you know. know, though, did he? Well, he just, yeah, well, that, that's what worries well, well, me. Well, let's ask that question, yeah. because did he know or did he not know? Are you seriously well, telling me yeah. that Boris Johnson did not know what the actual policy was vis-a-vis yeah. the Isle of Man, vis-a-vis yeah. uh, frozen fish. I could understand him not knowing that bit. Yeah. But I mean, he must have known that the Isle of Man is not, in fact, in the European Union. Because why would he do it? And this is where it starts to get interesting, right? Because he could have easily picked Scotland. Yeah. You know, they smoke kippers in our uh, Arbroath. They're known as the Arbroath Smokies. Yep. I mean, that's where they come from. Yep. I didn't even know they came from the Isle of Man, to be honest. But this is... Why this, would well, Arbroath no, Smokies I, are different from Kippers. No, I know that. They're, they're, they're oh, a, yeah, I, I didn't realise you were really a smoked yeah. fish expert. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. i Arbroath. It's fantastic. Arbroath yeah. is a great place, yeah. yeah. Uh, it always reminds me whenever i hear that sound of of those kind of places in scotland i nearly said weird places in scotland but I mean, i've <laughs> Don't been, say that. i've been to most of them you know <laughs> but it always reminds me of that football famous football result everybody always says east you know east 5 4 4 5 <laughs> you can't beat it <laughs> and in fact i think last season there was i think they played each other yeah. And it was a very similar type Wasn't of score. <laughs> People were going, it's fantastic. You know, <laughs> he's five. Tomoid four, four, Heaven. Four. Yeah, it was brilliant. Anyway, no, well, but I mean, you're not going to seriously tell me that I Boris am. Johnson, with all of the people around him who are supposed to be advising him. Yeah. Did not say to him, by the way, you do realise that the Isle of Man is not in the EU. Right, so he, so here's my take on it. I absolutely think he he didn't realise
0: really? that. Really? And all well, of the people okay, around him didn't? I mean, well, I don't think he listens to the people around him. I think he has his... You know, there was that great Jeremy Vine column where... He he, he br- walks into a presentation and goes through this charade... Oh, the random uh, dinner of, speech. ...of pretending yeah, yeah. to make up yeah, this yeah, random okay. shark story, right? So I think he has got a fixed mindset about what he's going to come on and say. Mm. The National... Do we know which editor it was, by the way? Which one? He said, the National Newspaper Editor has handed me this kipper. Oh, so, well, that's probably not true either. Well, but I, this is where it gets plausible to me that yeah. just before he goes on stage, right. somebody, Chris Evans from The Telegraph or Tony Gallagher from The Sun passes in this thing right. and says by the way mate do this is great yeah right may have got the story wrong themselves no. and you and see this Johnson is where i stands don't... there hang hey, on let me just give right, you. stands there and holds this kipper up right. and d- doesn't i don't think he's lying i just it's worse than that i think he just doesn't know or care what he's talking right. about well, two different and things he's got loads of form for that
1: two different things there right not knowing and not caring right I disagree that he didn't know. I just don't buy that. Why and would he do it
0: though? If you well, didn't because
1: know. it continues to fulfill what it is that the people that don't like him can say about him. And it's not really much of a criticism of the next Prime Minister that he didn't know the EU wasn't uh, uh, involved in fishing regulations about the Isle of Man. It makes him look like a guy who just gets picked on all the time by people who don't like him. Really? And I think that's the cleverness of it. I think he ridicules people mm. by making himself look stupid. If you look at what people said about his growing up and the fact that he surrounded himself at school with this kind of image of this rather bumbling sort of buffoonish like the character. Class clown. Yeah, Typical like the class, class clown, clown in order to stop himself from being bullied. You know, making himself out to be something he really wasn't because he's not particularly high-born. I mean, you know, he's got some very good friends in high places, but he's not particularly of that kind of, you know, the set of people that, that came that came like from Lord Spencer yeah. that created Princess Diana. How did he end up in the Bullingdon Club then? Well, because he got into Eton, right? Yeah. And then having got into Eton, he goes to Oxford. He's from Eton, so he's already made friends with all the people in the Bullingdon Club yeah. and no doubt proved himself. But it
0: doesn't match your kind of
1: outsider theory. I'm not saying he's an outsider. Right. I'm saying that he's very good at manufacturing an image around himself, right? That doesn't mean that no. I, I buy into what that. I'm saying yeah. is yeah. he's not part of the establishment yes. in the old time sense that he's from some you know ancestral clan. Yes, in the same way, uh, perhaps that I don't know. I don't suppose Osborne and Cameron are either. Mm. Um, they're more kind of conventional. I mean, Osborne's yeah. family, are, like Winston Churchill, of for Wall instance. Yeah. yeah, but they're not from those oh, that yeah. old yeah. school yeah. kind of aristocratic the sort of people used to read about the Daily Telegraph that you had no idea who any of them fucking were. Yeah. But they all lo- owned the whole country. He's not one of them. No. You know, his dad was a sort of run of the mill politician at yeah. one point or other, wasn't right. he? Right. I don't know, to be honest. I mean his dad went to Brussels because he was working in the Europe inside the European Union. I mean yeah. he was not somebody that owned a big fuck off castle no. somewhere in, in, you know, Hartsmere or somewhere. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just I just think in the same way that um uh you know, he's learned how to deflect criticism by saying things like... I mean, I like the fact that people say... It's all very well in journalism to be to light on detail because we are because our expertise in journalism is not to know every single fact Mm. but to know someone who does yes and to be able to pick apart an argument if it's not very good to be an instant expert yeah and then well I'm an expert on experts is what I say to people you know I can basically tell whether you're a bullshitter or you actually know what you're talking about and And that's my job where would you put me in that I'd put you in the same category as me bullshitters bullshitters no I'm not and I didn't (laughs) say that no. But I mean, you're no more of an expert on the World Trade Organization than I am, right? No, and true. there are a lot of people out there pretending to be experts on the World Trade Organization true. who aren't either. You know, when you hear people talking about it yeah. and you see people tweeting about it on, you it's know... It's what they've just heard on the BBC yeah, or, or Clinton, exactly. and some bollocks that... So I think what Boris Johnson purpose. has worked out yeah. is that we live in this ridiculous, constant, 24-7 news cycle, right? Yeah. Whereby everything comes and goes very quickly. And he was also kind of preaching to the converted. He was basically speaking to another Hustings, even though it was on TV. You've got to be a bit of an anorak to be watching it, to be honest, right? Yeah. He's preaching to the converted. He knows he's won already. I think he was just having a
0: laugh. This reminds me very much, and we'll lose like, at least nine-tenths of the audience now, but this reminds me very much of the French modernist philosopher Jean Baudelaire's theory. Oh, uh, really? About I'm
1: not familiar with that. About simulacrum. But I know simulacrum.
0: Who is. Well, he, he, so his theory, and honest to God, I mean, it sounds bizarre, but it feels like it's coming truer and truer by the day, right. is that nothing is really real anymore. Right. You know, Everything yeah. is a simulation of, yeah. of something that once was mm-hmm. authentic. So you don't have real politicians now. You've got no. politicians pretending to be politicians yeah.
1: and saying what well, the voters, who really aren't voters anymore... Well, Donald they're- Trump's the President of the United States of America. Yeah. He's not a politician. Yeah. He never has been. Yeah. You know, He's a bullshitter, yeah. and he has learned, and maybe it's the likes of people like Steve Bannon, who have created this kind of yeah. um, virtual reality politician where you basically say things... I mean, Donald Trump is able to go um, on national television and say, uh, you know, that that was disgraceful what happened at that rally, where people were saying, send her back. Hmm. You know, that wasn't right. Appalling, yeah. And when it was happening, he was just standing there kind of looking at it. Yeah. He didn't say, stop. Well, he, in fact, it was. I thought it was worse than that. I thought he sort of did that kind of eyebrow thing. Well, that's he what does, he does. Like, war, yeah. please. Yeah, you know? I was well, of course. Yeah. And that's precisely what he does. Yeah. And then later, he denies it. You know, in the same way that... Uh, old Derek, you know, is a stupid man. Nobody likes that guy. You know, he's an <laughs> asshole. And then, you know, when he resigns, I wish him well. Yes. You know, it yes. is. It's like a fucking parallel universe yeah. that we're so, living same, in. He did the same with Theresa, mate. Yeah. Like on the Wednesday, she was a magnificent yeah. prime minister right. negotiator. On the on the Friday, she was a complete right. fuckwit who would screwed yeah. up Brexit. And the thing that's, that's so. changed as well for me here is that we, as a population, have suddenly started taking these bozos seriously. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I was growing up we had people like harold wilson we had edward heath we had jim callaghan you know who was famously quoted in the mirror saying crisis what crisis although he never said it did although he? he never actually said yeah. that no um in the same way that um you know play it again sam was never actually said in casablanca i can give you the proper quote you played it for her you can play it for me now play it sam yeah i could i could have done that as yeah. well i might ask you some more of a casablanca <laughs> quotes later on but uh, I, you despise me rick <laughs> i would if i gave you any thought <laughs>
0: which is necessary. Void by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
1: for details. Anyway, uh, we're not going to rehearse the whole of Castleblaken. No, no. But, but the, here's the thing. You know, we have suddenly developed into this bizarre country. I mean, I can't believe when you see the likes of Jolian, what's his face? You know, that QC, Moore, who yeah. probably also writes for you. Very you know? upstanding member of society. But I mean, the bloke is a complete plank. And when all he's he does, not. He's just well, he's just he is. No, cares he's about a, his... No, he's got a one-track mind, right? Yeah. So I mean, if I was married to that guy, I'd say get off Twitter right now, mate. Because yeah. you're spending your life there, and you're going to lose your marriage and you lose your kids and you lose everything else unless you stop <laughs> I, being I do, an obsessive I do agree That's, he's obsessed right yeah, now and he's not yeah. the only one there's loads of them yeah. and all they do is do these threads right screeds thousands of words yeah and it's like for Christ's sake mate and they're all just being passed around by the same yeah, people you know, yeah oh isn't this great we can stop it this way
0: blah 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 oh yeah. my god I mean literally
1: yeah. you would drive yourself insane if you even
0: read it honestly I, well I've told you I mean Twitter, to me, is now, once once you come off it... As it's I've dead done, to me. It is, it is dead to you, and it, yeah. once you come off it, it doesn't exist.
1: You realise that, yeah. It just that's does, interesting, it's, actually. It's a
0: wholly parallel mm. universe yeah. that is populated by people who aren't quite themselves. Yeah, you know? no,
1: they're really not. And it's also the place where people who are obsessives can go and get sort of comfort and sucker. Yeah. And that's why it's dangerous. But when did we become... I mean, we grew. I grew up with, with some very healthy kind of, you know, Saturday night comedians taking the piss out of politicians, right? Now, what we have is if you take the piss out of a politician that one side likes, then you're a creep and you're a ghastly individual. Yeah. And, and the same goes for the other side. You know, when did we stop becoming cynical and when did we suddenly become partisan? Mm. And I this is one of my continuing refrains as to why we need politicians to make our lives any better. Mm. Because they're not, they're not doing it, really, are they? They're not. um
0: I saw a great quote the other day and it said, Cats are happier than humans because they don't read newspapers. Right. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, the whole media, the whole the fact worse of than West that, Westminster crap all over them, don't they? Most of the, the time shit. On <laughs> Absolutely appropriate response. Apart from the New European, obviously. Of course. But um I, I do think that it, it has become incredibly corrosive, mm. except to say there is probably and I was I did this thing with Rod Little you had him on the show I did it it was very good actually oh, yeah so Rod Little uh, has completely different views to me on yeah. a lot of things and is despised by a lot of people right. and told me you know just as you walk down the street and people say are you Mike Gray yeah. and generally say great show yeah. he'll he'll get 50-50 he'll right. get love he'll get what abuse, you're saying yeah. or he'll get see you next Tuesday right, right. and So he's very divisive. Mm. Uh, But I was able to sit across the table from him as I'm sitting across the table from you. Yeah, but you're an
1: unusual beast in this uh, particular fight, though. Yes, you are, because you don't lose the plot. You don't think, I'm an idiot because I'm quite happy to leave the European Union. Whereas many people that you employ or that you have writing for your newspaper would say that. Well, I don't know if that's true, to be honest. I
0: think people feel the need to express themselves strongly Mm. just to get noticed. And this is my point, is that... To, you to, think that's what it is? I think it's... And I think it starts at Twitter. This is where what I said to Rod, was what really terrifies me about social media is that because because it's such an instant format and because it feels like it's not kind of, you know, set in stone or anything, it's quite transient. Yeah, yeah. You get people uh, tweeting things that they then have to stand behind. Yeah. And you see Home Secretaries, for instance, tweeting things that six months later become white papers yeah. and are, are in danger of becoming law. So yeah. that's where policy is now starting in these instant short reactions. Yeah. And I just don't think, you know, if you look at the complexity of what we're dealing with, part of the problem for me is, is this need to reduce everything to mm. a soundbite or a tweet right. or something you can stick on the side of a bus. Yeah.
1: You know, it's like the. But b- that's the nature of things. And it's always mm. been the nature of journalism for me to well, simplify. To run, yeah. to simplify um, and that's why I've always preferred, in a way, to work for tabloid newspapers than I have for broadsheets. Because broadsheets, while some of them are very good at what they do, they can sometimes get a little bit caught up in the whole vortex yeah. of you know, trying to be cleverer than everybody else. Whereas with tabloids, we're trying to make it simpler for people, trying to get people to be able to understand, basically, what is being said and what is going on. That's very true. And I think that's a very special skill that very few journalists have actually got. Yeah. And I think you and I have had to have it So I'm not, you know, patting us on the back for for anything. But I mean, the reason that we worked where we worked was because that was what we wanted to do. And I think the problem now is that everybody wants to be an expert. And you can't be an expert on everything. You can't suddenly know everything. You can't, I mean, I'm having rows with people all the time on Twitter, as you know. The latest lot was after the Extinction Rebellion business at the weekend, because a very eagle-eyed Twitter follower of mine spotted the the boat that had been in Bristol uh, tagged onto the back of a trailer Oh, being, really? being dragged into a petrol station by a very old Land Rover Freelander, land, free <laughs> right? Which they checked the, the registration of, and yeah. it turned out it's done one hundred seventy-nine thousand miles. Bellowing diesel, bellowing out—it was a petrol yeah. one, even oh, worse, petrol, right? It right. was yeah. bellowing out all these yeah. fumes, yeah. right? Pulling an illegal load, it would appear, right? <laughs> All of this. And now, listen, I don't really well, hang care. Hang on a minute. They're anarchists. Is this they're going to be worried about illegal loads on the well, back of their trains? they say they're anarchists, but they're obviously going home <laughs> to mummy for the weekend, you know. But the point is this. You know, these maniacs are all going, yes, but when the, the, the human race is going gonna, is gonna to die out in 25 years. You're going, it's not. No, it isn't. Mm. That's not true. Mm. And then when you say to them, you know, have you actually seen any but, e- uh, Hang on uh, uh, a second. Evidence? Do they actually
0: say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, they that, do. That there's going to be no human yeah. race in 25 yeah, yeah, they years. Do. And when
1: you say... Actually, I don't think that's true. They say, well, species are dying out every day. Don't you know that? Because somebody's told them that. Yeah. And then, but I go, yeah, but they've just discovered new species. Uh, and Here's a whole load. They discovered 38 new species last year. Do you know what they say to that? They say, yeah, but they haven't really been... They haven't been new species. We've just not known about them.
0: Yeah.
1: So... (laughs) You know, well, you get, true, yeah, but you get into this ludicrous fucking but that's argument. But I mean, the point
0: is that, that, that is some, that's a symptom of what happens an awful lot now, where yes. people combine two seemingly related right. facts, right. which actually have nothing to do with each no. other. and, and they which make you this, can't
1: compare. They make these plausible
0: cases, yeah. and you go, oh, yeah. One I'm of sure. the arguments yeah. that I
1: was given was actually, because uh, there's a bloke who's done stuff on this, I can't remember his name, he's a double-barrel guy, he writes The Guardian quite a bit, but he's done stuff about, you know, the carbon footprint of everything right and basically the argument now is is that if you've got an old car it's better to keep an old car because actually the amount of emissions that will be made producing a new car for you will be less yeah uh, sorry will be more, more than you than continue than to you drive say, uh, an old car up to 200,000 miles even though right. it's the most polluting car in the fucking world right? That's right so which I said well that's not very good for all you people who want clean air and to stop people dying of pollution which people are claiming people do every single day of the week yeah you know and so they keep just finding reasons, and I think the internet is to blame for this, that you can look up almost anything and find something that will prove that it's right. Yeah. And particularly if you're not a very scientific individual. Yeah. All right? No, I think, I'm sure that's true. And, you
0: know, the plastic bag thing, we, there's a guy called James Ball who does a lot of work. Yes. Investigations for us. Yeah. Um, on various issues. And he, you know, he, I think he found something like you'd have to use one of these bags for life 200 times. Yeah before it, it it repaid its yes. value in terms of right. the, co- the excessive cost of making yeah. it. So we do loads of things that we think yeah. are going to save the of world. Of course. Like we you know, turn the heating down two degrees, mm. or we you know don't use the air con in the car, right. whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. But the tr- or we don't use bloody plastic yeah. straws,
1: right? So yeah. that, that's the next big yeah, one. So you get a straw that disappears And everybody the, sits your there. You,
0: you're in your McDonald's yeah. place, drinking your Pepsi or Coke or whatever it yeah. is through a a paper straw yeah. and you think that's good I'm saving the world until it and starts to co- disintegrate <laughs> of course it's absolute bollocks of course it's bollocks the, the difference you're making is absolutely marginal yeah. but it keeps everybody nice and pacified you well know? it doesn't keep me pacified yeah. I can tell you that and I'll a tell lot you of here's one thing it, which pacified. I've never seen you may have seen it yeah I And mean, but you know these Nespresso I'm going to sound a bit mad now but you know those Nespresso coffee capsules yes why are they not you got not, one of those machines no I've binned it off because I was Have getting you? increasingly appalled by right. all these single use plastics okay 10 of these little things a day yeah so why it's a lot of coffee well oh, yeah, man,
1: you're no, hyper uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly that I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm, at the, the couch edge. Couch. I'm
0: hanging on by my fingernails <laughs> But, you know, all this single-use plastic from these things, why is no one banging on about that? That's the next thing, I think. Well,
1: this is the thing. There are so many things that they could be banging on about. I mean, I picked up a plastic bag out of my drawer because I tend to reuse plastic bags, you might be surprised to know. You know, if I've got some fruit that I bring back from the supermarket or something, I don't always put it in a plastic bag. But I picked it up because I was about to use it to take something else in to work. And it's a compostable plastic bag. Yeah, And it says, do not recycle, because you actually can put it in the compost and it will disintegrate. Yeah. So why is it all plastic like that? Well, it can be nice, just yeah. that it's more expensive. Right. By I the mean, way, when, you know, well, when I, got I was it a, kid, trays, when when I I was a kid,
0: they used to call plastic bags Scouse briefcases. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Scouses know about reusing this plastic thing, bags. Listen, I've also
1: had conversations with the manufacturers of plastic bags who say that making plastic bags is actually less damaging to the environment than making paper bags, yeah. because not only oh, is paper quite a, a divisive and horrible um, process right in yeah, terms of the it is environment very energy intensive. First, first you're cutting down a load of trees which is not good yeah. second you're then treating them with chemicals you've got all sorts of you know machinery to cut them and make them into paper and then transporting paper bags is worse than transporting plastic bags right. because you can't squeeze them into such a small space right. so you need bigger trucks more trucks you know right. so you can make an argument about anything well
0: since this is called the thought police i'm yeah. going to say something really kind of controversial Thoughtful. what is wrong with landfill <laughs> well There's not enough of it,
1: I think. What is wrong with putting plastic bags?
0: Is it? But why can't you have a plastic bag mountain? Have you ever been
1: to Staten Island? That would be my question. Staten Island, I have been. What in the
0: states? Yeah, in the states,
1: in New York. Have you ever driven across Staten Island? One of the things I used to do regularly was because to avoid the craziness of getting out of Manhattan through the Lincoln Tunnel or the Holland Tunnel and going down the New uh, the New Jersey Turnpike is you can cut through. Staten Island right go over the Verzano Narrows Bridge and you can land in New Jersey a lot further south Yeah. so it used to be a trick that I used all the time if I was covering stuff down there Yeah. Um, and there's a part of Staten Island which is simply landfill Right. Right. and all you see are these huge what we used to call bings I don't know if that's a word you're familiar with Beans. bings b-i-n-g-s, bings. No, a no. bing used to be in this country um, one of the sort of the, 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 the sort of the coal scrap mountains outside of coal right, mines. They used right. to chuck all the stuff that they right. couldn't use. Yeah. And eventually like grass... Like a slag heap kind like of Like a slag heap. But eventually yeah. grass would grow on it. But yeah. it was called a bing. I don't if that's right. a Scottish word. Anyway, it was like that, except these were mountains of land of, of just rubbish, garbage, right? And it had that horrible garbage, sweet rubbish smell mm. that you smell out the back of a, of, of a bin lorry, right? Yeah. And there was just seagulls flying everywhere. And there were poor guys. And I used to think, God, that must be the worst job in the world. There were guys working there with bulldozers, just driving it backwards and forwards yeah. and pushing stuff, and it was awful. Right. And if you'd lived anywhere near there, trust me, right. in the summer, you would have just had this smell of garbage everywhere. Right. So I presume that's what's wrong. Well, with it. so so my real
0: point was like if pla- if plastic bags are better for the environment actually than paper bags, right? right? Let's say that's a fact, although we don't know it is, right. but you've seen evidence. Well, I've I've had people tell me that. And they and and if if also the other fact is that these big heavy plastic bags. You know, you'd need two hundred two hundred yeah. single use ones to justify yeah. one of that. Why are we doing all this? Why don't we just use the single use yeah. ones and then stick it, make a mountain of them? Yeah. They don't smell. No. You know, you could have a plastic bag mountain I'm so, I'm sounding a bit like Mike Parry now. But you could have a plastic <laughs> bag bag. No, you
1: could have a plastic bag mountain. Yeah. You could. <laughs> Yeah, but all the other thing that I see, and you always see these tiny little bits of stories on on things like Bloomberg, and you think, blimey, that's a good idea. And I saw one the other week about somebody who's developed an enzyme that eats plastic. Right. Now, to me, that's worth putting money into. Yeah. Like, it would eat it it if it's in the sea, or if it's on the land. You know, it's the way of, like, cleaning up the sea. Because let's face it, Mm -hmm. even if we stop putting all this crap into the sea the sea is still going to be full of the plastic that's already there because that's never going to go anywhere. That's right. It's never going to disappear. uh,
0: Did you see those algae curtains that people are using in cities? No. So they're like big
1: sheets. Well, you can use that for fuel as well, algae. Yes, that's right.
0: So these things are massive, wide, translucent sheets of plastic right? right, with kind of reservoirs within the plastic. Okay. And they fill the reservoirs with algae, this green algae. Right. And they must be porous because they hang these things in the sunlight on the sides of buildings. And There's a few buildings in Brussels, for instance, have got them uh, plastered in them. And the algae does what photosynthesis does. It takes the uh, carbon dioxide and turns it into oxygen. So it's very good for the environment. It's providing clean air into very congested, dirty spaces. And you do think that this, these are the kind of things that, you know, cities are going to be yeah. needed to be re-engineered right. in a way, aren't they?
1: Somebody showed a picture the other day that I saw of some new building somewhere, I think it's in Norway, but it's like a skyscraper made of wood. Right. right? Now fabulous. I'm looking at it going, no, not fabulous. Why? It's a fucking ridiculous idea. What happens, going, what happens it goes up in flames? Grace film. <laughs> Towering wooden inferno. I mean, you know, have you gone nuts? It's a, what do they called? Yeah, it? Jenga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the it Jenga like a, building. You pull a little bit out, you know, and it doesn't <laughs> fall down but that's bollocks isn't it it's madness well, we know, we have, that. You know, well not necessarily you yeah. know what they're like in Norway you can't see the wood for the trees the point, is- um, the point is is that we have come this far from being cavemen right yeah. some of these idiots want us to basically sort of go evolutionary backwards yeah. and find ourselves without driving around in, in motor cars you know not going anywhere this woman yeah. I was arguing with actually said at one point what we want to do is to make flying completely impossible except for an emergency well, what if you've got family in America? Where, where, where how what, are you supposed to get no there? Fly. No flying. Right. No. Private jets banned, Right. right. All of this. Where do you think the food's You're coming just video from? Video conference stuff. Where, well, what about you? Got yeah. video conference at dinner? No. You know where are you going to get? You, know, you <laughs> going to get your food from if you start not flying in? It's just bonkers yeah. to me. Yeah.
0: You know. Well, Elon Musk is uh, building tunnels, isn't he, under Los Angeles?
1: Well, he says he is. And but well, I thought he was. The company's well, called the Boring. Yeah, Company, no, isn't I know. Yeah. Boring these huge holes. Yeah, I think he's been on the funny cigarettes again because I'm not sure that that's ever going to work. Well, I, well, it's, it, do you really want to hurl yourself through a tunnel well, underground? He say something like, where there's an earthquake? Risk like at ah, well, two hundred yeah, miles an hour. I hadn't thought of the earthquake thing. Well, I think he should have thought of it. Well, it's more than two hundred because you can get to
0: L.A. to San Francisco, which is what four hundred miles. It's a long something way, something like that. Yeah. He said, I think they say you can do that in forty-five minutes or something like that. So you're literally five hundred miles an hour.
1: Yeah, but can you imagine what would go wrong? I mean, that's just like, also madness. You know. Yeah. And also, who knows what the effect on the body is of you being shot basically through <laughs> a cannon? This is what they said being about shot through a cannon. What they said when they invented cars. No, they said, they said the human brain would would fall to
0: jelly after thirty miles Speaking of cars, an hour. by the way,
1: have you seen that story about Volvo recalling all their cars? What? Volvo recalling all their cars, and one of you, uh, yours is I've in there. I've got a Volvo. What do I do mean? have. Well, you, I'll show you the story. They've, they've got a fire, risk of fire, bursting into flames, apparently. Can I get my money back? <laughs> i just about to buy it. Well, I don't think you can, but you're going to have to take it in and get it looked at. You're joking. Yeah. I'll show you, I'll show you the will Volvo is the safest car company on the planet. Apparently now owned by the Chinese. Which yes, it is. Know. But do you yeah. know
0: they've got this ambition next year, 2020, to have a whole 12 months without anybody being killed or seriously injured in a Volvo? Oh, really? Which I Globally, right? right. Which I think is uh, you know, an amazing ambition. That's because all Volvo drivers are so boring. They make them so kind of lethal to other cars. Well, no, because
1: you have to always be careful. You see a Volvo driver. That's not true. And I've I've had a Volvo in my life, right? I had a, um, well, it was my first decent car that I got that I could actually feel proud of driving when I joined the Mirror. Because I finally finally conned them into giving me a company car. Because in my contract, they wouldn't give me a company car and so I just we had a pool car I got a pool car allocated to Wales to the Welsh Mirror right. and just basically never got out of it and <laughs> after about six months the manager the editor came to me Pat Pilton I think it was in those yes, days. Pat. and he said uh, Mike he said we're going to have a problem here I said what do you mean he said well you know you're not supposed to use the pool car as your own car I said yeah but I need a pool car because I'm always going to Wales he said yeah but the tax people will say it's the same as you having a company car I said well why don't you just give me a fucking company car then <laughs> and eventually they just had to give in because they couldn't get me out of this other car oh, God. Um, and then finally and, but they ended up giving me some sort of Ford Mondeo which I'll tell you another story about if we've got time yeah. um, I was sitting at the office one day and I had this um, it was an aubergine um, was it a Mondeo? yeah I think it was a Mondeo Yeah. Um, anyway I got a call phone rings and we were sort of in the corner around the back of that mad guy that used to do TV listings Yes. What's his name? Um, Can't remember the guy with the bad hair. Yeah, uh, oh, who's sitting in the corner office? Uh, anyway, yeah, um, 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 so the phone goes, and I'm like, "Oh, hello, can I speak to Mike Graham, please?" Yes, this is the West Midlands Police, and I went, "All oh, right." I thought it was somebody with a tip for a story, you know. Yeah. And they said, um, uh, "Can you account for your whereabouts on such and such a date?" And I had a quick. I said, "Yeah, I think i probably in London." I said, "I, I certainly." Um, what do you mean? And they said, "Well, there was a, uh, an incident we we're investigating in um, somewhere like Tamworth," you know. And I said, well, I've never been to Tamworth in my life, you know. And they said, we're, we're basically checking up on everyone that's, uh, that's got an aubergine um, full Mondeo. <laughs> and funnily enough, there's not that many of them. And I right. went, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I said, well, I've got one. They said, yeah, that's why we're ringing you. And I said, what's the incident? They said, it's a child abduction. Oh, my God. And I went, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because you know what the problem was? The only thing I had that proved where I was was a receipt, right? And it was a receipt from Davies Wine Bar. For sweets. In Canary <laughs> Wharf. Not for sweets. <laughs> but it was handwritten, right? Because in those days, yes, it has to be said, sometimes you didn't always get a computerised receipt. No, quite. And sometimes the receipt didn't always match up the amount of money, perhaps, that had been spent. Exactly. You right. know where I'm going yeah, with this. I do. So basically, I had a fake receipt proving where I was. And I thought this could all go horribly wrong. It could be like the beginning of a of a sort of you know Kafkaesque nightmare. Oh my and I god. get dragged in for some child abduction that I never did. Oh my
0: god! There Eventually. used to be a you know on, on the subject of dodgy receipts. Mm. The the best place in London for that was Joe Allen's. Yeah, was a, which was a sort of jazz. Well, Davies was pretty good too. A, well, Joe Allen's was the, a restaurant in the middle of London, mm. in Covent Garden, and it's you, still there. But they still there. The they've moved, yeah. but they used to have these receipts that you would uh, they were always wrote them in pencil yeah and all, always in hand so yeah. you could rub them out you know and, and put in your own figure for your exes and I remember once getting um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this but Nina Mishkoff <laughs> putting in her expenses yeah. and and Joe Allen's receipts everybody knew them and everybody had two or three of them tucked in right. their desk you know for two or three hundred yeah yeah <laughs> But Nina Mishkov sent in this, uh, this Joe Allen's receipt. Right. Right. You know, dinner with somebody, somebody 120 quid. Right. And it had like green, green printed hatching across the top. Right. i would never seen one like this. And I went, oh my God, Joe Allen's have changed the design of their receipts. That's not good. Everybody's receipts that they've got stashed are now redundant. So I went up to Richard Wallace, who I think was heading news at the time, mm. later became editor and showed this thing and said, Richard, we're all in trouble. Joe Allens has changed the receipts. And he started laughing. He said, they're the ones they last started using six years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> Nina Mishkoff was still working He was still working years ago. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah, That's so. not good. It's a good time to end, though, because otherwise we won't get ourselves into more trouble. I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. I think it is. This is the Thought Police. We'll see you later.
0: Piers has been through all these travails yeah. through the course of his career and seems blithely unaffected yeah. by it. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's not. So I once said, mm. I hope this isn't going too intrusively, but I once well, said to, him, late now. to the first Mrs. Piers, yeah. um, during one of his troubles, I think it was over the City Slickers thing, yeah, yeah. and, I, and I said to her rather blithely, well, Piers seems to be coping all right. Yeah. And she said, yeah, but you know, you're know, you not there in the middle of the night when he's tearing his hair out you right. know, and, he's, and he's panicking, yeah. you know. So, I'm sure it gets everybody, but that ability yeah. to, to just say, okay, it is what it is, yeah. I'm gonna plough on, I, right. I'd
1: kill for it. You could have easily picked Scotland, yeah. you know, they smoke kippers in our uh, broth. They're known as the Arbroath Smokies. Yep. I mean, that's where they come from. Yep. I didn't even know they came from the Isle of Man, to be honest. But this is why this, would he, well, Arbroath no, Smokies but, are different from kippers. No, I know that. There's there's, the haddock, oh, the, I, the, I didn't realise you were a really smoked fish expert. I've been Arbroath. It's fantastic. Arbroath is a great place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it always remember, reminds me whenever I hear that s- sound of, of, of those kind of places in Scotland. I nearly <laughs> said weird places in Scotland. Don't I mean, <laughs> say that. I've been to most of them, you know, but it always reminds me. That famous football result everybody always says. East, you know, East 5-4, (laughs) 4-5-5. You can't beat it.
0: I saw a great quote the other day and it said, cats are happier than humans because they don't read newspapers. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, the whole... Media, the whole fact, it's of Westminster, crap all over. It's absolutely appropriate response. <laughs> Apart from the European,
1: obviously. Of course. I can basically tell whether you're a bullshitter or you actually know what you're talking about and that's my job where would you put me in that category I'd put you in the same category as me bullshitter no I'm not and I didn't (laughs) say that no Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered jumpercasino.com. it's my little escape now Judy's
0: the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy Judy